I don't know. I mean, sustainable has become one of those words that gets said a little bit too much, I think, this year. So I'm going to stay away from uh, sustainable. Stay away from it. Analyze it. My God, they're beating that thing to death today. It was a question. He didn't say it. A reporter said it. Said, is this sustainable? Roger was honest about it. God, oh, my goodness. This morning, that was uh, the word that was on Get Up. It was on uh, First Take. It was on Good Morning Football. It was on one of the uh, one of the talk shows um, uh, on, um, God, I can't think of the uh, the, the serious satellite radio name. Um, was it on Mad Dog Sports or Barstool Sports? I can't remember. But that's all they were talking about. Oh, Rogers doesn't think it's sustainable. He doesn't. He doesn't. Think, he doesn't have any confidence in it. They're going to lose. It, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. This goes back to the R E L A X and run the table comment from yesterday when we were talking with Pete Doherty about this. Okay. Sustainable. What, what you want him to say? Oh yeah, we can do it. We're going to do it. You know, and then we're going to run with it. He is living in a reality that a lot of people don't want to live in. Okay? Doesn't mean he's not competitive. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to win. Doesn't mean he doesn't believe in his talents and such. What he is simply saying is, I don't know if we got the horses on this team to get the job done. We've got a lot of injuries, some key injuries that started to mount. I have... A group of burgeoning targets that one week they look good, the next week they go away. They can't stay healthy. They can't stay on the field. An offensive line that has not stayed together, but for a couple of games all season long. I got a head coach that at times just completely forgets how in the hell to call plays. And you're asking me about sustainability. Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Greg Jennings, Jermichael Finley, Devontae Adams, James Jones, Donald Driver, they're not walking through that door. When you had those guys sitting in your stable, you can go R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, I don't even need an offensive line. What, are you stupid? I'll just get drop back two steps and throw it up. I'm good to go. Now, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's being honest. And people want to just rip him for it. I... There is a price. They always say there's a price of fame. And Rodgers ascended so high. He ascended to the same status and strata almost as Tom Brady, who has seven rings. Tom Brady has seven rings, had a, a, a supermodel wife. She was making 80 plus million a year. He's making 20 plus million a year. <clears throat> Doesn't include endorsements. They're living in basically a Disney castle. He is every year talked about as being an MVP. And even if he doesn't win, he doesn't care because he goes to these banquets and dinners and, and all this stuff. And he wears seven rings and he holds them up and people go crazy. And they're like, goat, goat, you the man, goat. And Rodgers is right there. And Rodgers has the one ring. And he's got, you know, a lot of playoff appearances. Unbelievable statistics. He's got the four MVPs. He can hold, you know, the MVPs in his arms. He, but he's ascended to this strata. 
And there's a price with fame. And the fame is that everybody hangs on your every word. So when somebody is honest or he's honest, it's like people want to just beat him up over it. It's like, no, 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 no. The dude's honest. I appreciate that. I don't know what has been the linchpin to winning this year, to, to kind of holding it all together. You haven't found it because they haven't been able to string them together. They haven't, they haven't won back-to-back games all season long. What's favoring them is that they just beat a pretty good Dallas team. They discovered a way to do it in running a good mix of running the football and throwing the football. Christian Watson had a bit of a coming out party. The offensive line kept Rodgers pretty much upright, kept Micah Parsons off of him. Play action did a lot of that because they were successful running the football. And the defense did what they could. Okay. They found a recipe. So they just come off of that and a road team on a Thursday night game doesn't necessarily bode real well. So you got those two things playing into your favor, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. So Rogers is looking at this going, there's no way. Everybody wants me to say R-E-L-E-X. Because all the green and gold followers do. All the people that are really hardcore just right now, they, you know... Everybody was sitting at home or sitting in uh, the stands or sitting in your favorite pub or eatery or massive sports bar or whatever it happens to be on Sunday, and you were watching a game, and you were sitting there just ready to, to just, you know, dob your head and go home and put those, you know, the eye mask over and then hope to go to sleep and wake up come training camp. I, I admit it. We all thought they were dead. Nobody really that I could I could think of picked them to win, unless you're just one of those, they're going to win this week, people. Uh, you know. And then you're just, I'll take your money every damn day of the week. Because those people never bet on the games. They won't put their money where their mouth is. They just hope. And there, hope, there's nothing wrong with hope. But when they won, there's this group out there, this hardcore group that's like, and they're gargling on the green and gold Kool-Aid. They're back. They're on their way. And Rodgers is going, no, just chill. we got to get two wins in a row first. That's all. You know? R-E-L-A-X happened once. It was a moment in time. It was the right time, the right phrase. That's it. That's it. 877-867-1670. That's right. They did win weeks two, three, and four. They did string three wins together, didn't they? I thought there were some losses in the middle there, but I'm not sitting here looking at the schedule. So trying to get two wins in a row. I haven't done it for a long time. That's my point. So there you go. So Rogers is just trying to say, hey, just don't get crazy on me because this is not what it seems to be. And I get it, and I appreciate it. But that was the big discussion this morning. Everybody, and, and, you know, I get it. You want to look at it and say, okay, let's analyze this. Did they find the recipe? Well, the team you're about to face is different than the team you just faced. Because this team can stop the run. This team can run the football. Why the Cowboys got away from running the football, I have no idea. And this team doesn't commit the same level of penalties that the Cowboys do. That's the other thing. 
Cowboys kind of shoot themselves in the foot, much like the Packers have been doing all season long. They come up with those inopportune, uh, you know, holding penalties and just things that are stupid, you know, like hitting, hitting Aaron Jones out of bounds. Just stupid things like that. So they just, I, I want to see the Packers just get a good win. I still don't know who I'm picking in that game. Ben, if you had to make a pick, do you uh, are you are you taking the Packers at home with a little bit of juice? Or are you going to say, you know what, just still don't have a lot of faith, I'm going to go in the uh, favor of the Tennessee Titans? I'm still thinking through it. Uh, to be completely honest, the white jersey thing petrifies me. Because either, I, and this is just how my brain works, either they're going to come out and dominate and the offense looks great, Rodgers looks great, or I'm scared in those jerseys, like, if you get bulldozed by Derrick Henry wearing all white, it looks a mm-hmm. lot worse, just right. aesthetically. So that's what I'm right. scared of. I haven't figured out who I'm picking. I think the Packers win the game, but I'm petrified at, like, the Titans aren't that good, but they're tough. And what is, like, can the Packers string four tough quarters together and stop Henry? And then with the white jerseys, I just, my stupid brain thinks it's not going to happen. Yeah. I am. I think I'm probably like a lot of people. Where I mean, we're going to do picks tonight uh, on the huddle for sure. But I think I'm like a lot of people. I uh, I I haven't. It's like the Packers woke me up to say, "Oh, look, we can win this way." But I don't know if I can just forget about the previous four or five weeks that I saw and that game in in Detroit. You know. That's that's. If I had to pick, which I will tonight, but if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Tennessee. You know, like Roger said, we're not going to be favored in many more games the rest of the season the way they're playing. Then they beat the Cowboys, and suddenly they're favored at home again. Um, I think they've been good in protecting the home field advantage since Matt Lafleur took over. Uh, Thursday night games at home usually pretty good, but. Um, as time goes on and the more I hear about this uh, Tennessee defense, it sounds very, very similar to what they faced in the New York Jets. Good up front, stopping the run, putting pressure on a quarterback. And the Packers, prior to this past weekend's game, weren't able to score more than 22 points in four or five weeks. So I just, you know, I'm still a little skittish about it. I'll make my pick tonight, though. I'll make it tonight for sure. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Again, coming up tonight, we're going to be uh, compliments of Bud Light. We're going to be the Brat Stop down in Kenosha. So if you live down in that direction and you want to come out tonight, uh, pretty much the snow's done. So come on out and say hello. Get out of the house now that you've shoveled out of it. And uh, come on by and say hi. It should be a fun time. It always is down there tonight. Come on by and say hello. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, come back. we got a lot more to get to. Brought to you by our friends at the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Also, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right out there on Pewaukee Lake. They have got, uh, they've got a viewing party going on tonight, trivia tonight as well. If you're interested in going out there and checking out the Bucks game on the TV, having some fun, some music, some trivia, all that good stuff tonight going on at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
welcome in all of you. And a quick turnaround week for the Green Bay Packers. Packers back at it after getting a win in overtime over the Cowboys. Coming back and exciting their fans, giving the a shot adrenaline. Back into the veins. Maybe, just maybe, there's a little bit of hope on the horizon. And, uh, well, you know, tomorrow night we'll see if they can string a couple of wins back-to-back. And then after that, who knows? Who knows? But tomorrow, uh, we had talked about it, uh, you know, pretty much all day yesterday and early this morning that, um, you know, it's like playoffs now. It's pretty much win or go home. You have maybe one loss left in you, but you got you can't stumble against Tennessee. You got to, because you got to really kind of save that up. You're going to face Philadelphia. We talked about Miami. You still got the Vikings coming to town. So you still got some good football left. Talk more about it. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. At Mark Schofield over on Twitter, joining us now on the hotline. Mark, how you doing this week? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you today? Good. What a week in the NFL, man. That game between the Vikings and the Bills and obviously the game at Lambeau Field, both going to overtime, Packers getting a win in that one. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers first and foremost. It did. Uh, was there anything there that told you, as we've been using the term sustainable, that was asked yesterday to Aaron Rodgers, I'm still very, very hesitant because we saw too much bad football leading up to this past Sunday. But is there anything there that gave you the breath of hope to say, you know what, who knows, maybe they could climb back into this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right in a sense, Bill, to be hesitant about it because, you know, it is one game. But I think what sort of stood out to me was the efficiency in the passing game combined with the explosive plays that they were able to generate it. You and I have talked a lot you know, so far this season about their inability to generate explosive plays. They got some of those against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the third and one touchdown to Watson early in the game, that was the kind of play that they hadn't hit on. And at some point, Rodgers might have had at his disposal an opportunity to make a throw like that, and he hadn't made those throws. I think that was a big play, not just in that game, but perhaps in this entire season for the Green Bay Packers to illustrate to this team, to illustrate to the quarterback, to illustrate just generally that, yeah, you can create some explosive plays, but then the efficiency in the passing game as well. I mean, they had in that game expected points added per drop back of, you know, .336, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it was eighth best in the league last week. So there was efficiency. They were successful when they threw the ball. They didn't throw it a ton, but they were efficient when doing so. And they were also finally able to create some of those explosive plays. I think that's the big part of it going forward. Because like I said, you and I have talked about all season long, their inability to generate the explosive plays, particularly in the passing game on the offensive side of the ball. They did that on Sunday. They got a win. Like you said in the intro there, they're going to see a lot of good teams down the stretch, something else you and I have talked about a lot. But when you can generate those explosive plays on offense, it's going to be big. The uh, the now the the you know the flip of the coin is down in in Dallas. It wasn't that the Packers won the game; it's that the Packers the the Cowboys basically dumped the game. They only ran the ball six times, and they were up fourteen. And quarterbacks don't win after they're up fourteen, and on and on and on. And Dak Prescott was bad, and it wasn't like Cowboys you know really lost. It's that they gave the game to the Green Bay Packers. Did the Cowboys play so bad that the Packers took advantage? Or did the Packers just beat the Cowboys by running the football and doing things that the that the Cowboys don't do very well? I mean, I'm always sort of of the mind that there's there's a lot of gray areas. It wasn't as simple as the Cowboys beat themselves because the Packers did some things to make the Cowboys make some mistakes. You look at you know the interception on that sort of throw over the middle. There's been a lot of discussion sort of in Cowboy circles 
film watchers and others about what happened on that play. Did Dak get it wrong? Did Lamb run the run route? Well, the problem is they're in a too deep look on that play, but they've got three safeties sort of deep. So it, it's this blurry area. How do you read it? Because if it's too deep, Lamb's going to run one route. If it's a three deep coverage, he's going to run another. But they played it so well on that play. They confuse both quarterback and receiver. They're not on the same page. And you get the turnover. Plays like that may look in the moment like, oh, the Cowboys are beating themselves. But it's what the Packers are doing conceptually in the secondary or conceptually up front or whatever to force some mistakes. And so I think, yeah, did the Cowboys play a good game? No. But did they play a bad game because of what the Packers were doing to them? I think that's the bigger part of it. If you can continue doing that, confusing quarterbacks, getting receivers and quarterbacks on a different page, and then creating turnovers as a result, that's going to be huge for this team. And I think that's what really happened Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, was the Cowboys beat themselves up, made some mistakes, but it was what the Packers were doing that led them to those mistakes. Um, I, I want to go through the rest of the NFL. The big news of the day is that the uh, Cleveland Browns, who are 3-6 and six in the season, Deshaun Watson's coming back to practice today. Does, you know, that that's the story, I guess, more than anything, is that he's back after this long suspension. Do Is that the missing piece for suddenly Cleveland to say, okay, we can put a few wins together and start to look forward to next year? I mean, I think that's going to be the story now for Cleveland. I, I think... The idea that they were going to sort of stay afloat and maybe make a run for the playoffs this year when Watson comes back, that ship has sailed with, you know, the three wins, the record, the way it is right now. But I think that what the Browns need to do over the next couple of weeks is to get Watson sort of back into game shape because he hasn't played in a long time because the explosiveness in the passing game is something that they're missing. Similar to the earlier conversation about Green Bay. And so over the next couple of weeks, they'll try to figure out what the passing game is going to look like in his hands. He'll certainly add a, you know, athleticism element at the quarterback position that you're seeing a lot of teams rely upon as well with stuff he can do in the run game and things they can do in sort of the zone read game. And so that piece will now be back in Cleveland. And so I think they'll start to figure out what they're going to look like for next year. But this idea that, you know, they were going to stay afloat with Brissett and then make this playoff run when Watson comes back. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll start with the game in Germany. Buccaneers get a win. They've won back-to-back games now. They've gotten their record back up to 5-5. Five and five. The Seahawks, who were really kind of rolling out west, they ended up getting beat. Give me your thoughts now. That it, it, it almost sounds like when Bruce Arians comes off the mountain, he says, hey, look, Tom Brady was going through a lot. He wasn't Tom Brady. He was having issues, and now everybody's back, and everything's trending in the right direction. Are the Buccaneers back? I'm still not there to say that the Buccaneers are back. I mean, but I think what we saw in Germany against the Seahawks was success running the football. And I know the era that we're living in of the National Football League, the passing game is king, and that's certainly true. But they had success running the football, and you saw that open up. Then some of their play-action designs, some of their other concepts in the passing game. I know we talked about Byron Leftwich, and he said, look, we can't run the ball, and so that's limited in our play-action ability. Well, I disagree with that. I think you could still run and call play action plays and be successful when you're not running the football well. The fact that they were able to recall on those plays a little bit more and it opened up some stuff in the middle of the field where Brady likes to throw, I think that was big. So I want to see that sustained. I mean, that's what I said last week, right? Yeah, they got the win against the Rams, but I want to see them sort of sustain some success, play action designs, running the football a little bit better. We saw that in Germany against the Seahawks. If that continues, I'll buy in that they're back. But 
we can't erase what happened over the previous weeks. We can't erase the mistakes and the inconsistency and the inability to finish drives against teams like Carolina and Pittsburgh and some of the other games where they struggled. And so until I see this on a bit more of a consistent basis, I'm not ready to say, yeah, they're completely back. Not just yet. Uh, is the best team in the NFC the Vikings or the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, like, you asked me that last week, and I said it's still Philly. I'm not, I'm not sold on Minnesota, but maybe that has flipped. Uh, the Eagles have a problem on defense. With, they, they can't stop the run right now. You know, and Jordan Davis is out. Now they've got another injury on the defensive front. They're struggling to stop the run. Teams are going to sort of lean into that. And what we saw from Jalen Hurts on Monday night was at times a regression to last season. There were moments where he's in clean pockets and he pulled the football down early, particularly in the second half where I felt like he was really sort of pressing a bit to try to get them back in that game, try to create a little bit too much. And so certainly something to monitor there. I've been saying all summer long, all you know, fall long into this week, right? I know you've heard me say it before, Bill. I'm not sold mm-hmm. on Minnesota. I want to see them beat somebody. They beat somebody. You know, they go into Buffalo. And granted, that was a wacky game, but to win that game the way that they did, very impressive victory. And so, yes, we're going to still see them tested over the next couple of weeks. But to win that game in Buffalo, I'm starting to believe that, yeah, the Vikings are for real. Um, I, I, let's go to uh, the New York Giants, where I know they're hanging around right there at the top of the NFC East, and a, a lot of people believe in them, but there's a lot of people that say, look, they're a paper tiger. They're, st- they're going to eventually get into divisional play, and they're going to get beat up. Seven and two, though, that's a pretty loud record. Do you believe in, in the Giants right now in the NFC? I, it's strange. I had somebody that covers the Giants reach out to me and say, hey, can you watch Daniel Jones this week and tell me, similar to the way we started this conversation, it's how they're winning sustainable. You know, they really always threw the ball when they had to. You know, they relied on Saquon Barkley. They relied on the run game. You know, they beat the Houston Texans. And, yes, you get a win. All the wins are good wins in the National Football League. I'm still sort of unsold, uh, particularly on the passing game, because they're really sort of trying to limit what Daniel Jones has to do. And like you said, they're going to get into some games coming up. You know, they'll get Philadelphia. They'll get Dallas. They're going to be tested by some better and better teams where they might need Daniel Jones to sort of throw them to a victory. And I'm not sure that he's going to be able to do that, particularly with, you know, outside of Barkley, weapons in the passing game are kind of limited right now. They haven't gotten what they wanted to see from Kenny Galladay. Slayton has made made some plays with them here and there, but certainly not on a consistent basis. And so I come back to the idea, if it's third and nine, how are they moving the chains? You know, they they don't have that kind of passing game that you can just say, hey, you know, they're going to throw, you know, a back shoulder throw to receiver X, and Jones is going to put it where it needs to be, and they're going to be fine. That's a concern for them. As you start getting into those games against division opponents, teams with good defenses, that's going to be an issue for them, I think. And so I'm not sold on the Giants because of that, because I look ahead, I look at what's coming, and I think when it's that 39 situation, how are they going to figure that out? Uh, go over to the AFC real quick because we know Kansas City. I still believe in Buffalo, even though they at times they look like they've just thrown their helmets out there just to think, okay, we're going to the Super Bowl. We don't really need to work for it. But Kansas City, really good. Still Buffalo, really good. Baltimore's pretty good. Give me the other teams in the AFC that you're really pa- kind of paying attention to. I mean, Miami. I, I, yeah. What we're seeing from that team right now, Bill, I'm just extremely impressed with what they're doing 
you know, on the offensive side of the ball, how efficient they've been on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you're seeing the relationship between, you know, Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungvaluwa. There was a clip that the Dolphins put out with the two of them mic'd up and just talking on the sidelines about plays, about concepts, about how they've been playing. You know, I'm really starting to believe. I mean, right now they lead the AFC East, which might be the best division in football. And I look at the way they're constructing their passing game, and perhaps more importantly, they've figured out over the past couple of weeks, and it's, you know, my colleague over at SB Nation, J.P. Acosta, just wrote about it. They figured out a run game. And when you start thinking ahead to games, you know, maybe at Foxborough at the end of the season, you know, they got to play at Buffalo still, and we're seeing that we had a feet of snow, you know, multiple feet of snow perhaps in Buffalo this weekend. Who knows what it'll be like when the Dolphins come to town. You might need that running game. And so doing in the passing game, they're so explosive. That's tremendous. It's a big part of where they are at right now with the seven wins. But as you get into some of those divisional games at New England, at Buffalo that they have later in the season, the fact that they can start running the football and they've been efficient running the football the past couple of weeks, that might even be bigger for them. And so I'm really intrigued to see what the Dolphins do down the stretch because I think they might be the team to watch in the AFC. Yeah, the Packers have them on the docket down there as well. Good stuff, Mark, as always. We'll talk again next week, okay? Sounds great, Bill. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Appreciate it, pal. You too. There you go. Mark Schofield of SB Nation joining us for a couple of minutes at Mark Schofield over on uh, Twitter. You can find his stuff there. Good to have him. Watcher22 says, without Jefferson, the Vikes are a 500-ball club. Philly showed teams need to blitz Cousins, and he becomes an interception machine. I will say this, though. You take a lot of guys off of teams, you wonder how good they're going to be. Took Devontae Adams out of, out of uh, Green Bay. You see how good the Packers are, right? I think we could all go agree with that. You take Justin Jefferson out of Minnesota. You take Stephon Diggs out of Buffalo. You uh, take Tariq Hill out of Miami. You know, you take a lot of these quality wide receivers and weapons for some of these quarterbacks. Now, the guy that's really kind of overcome the adversity has pretty much been Patrick Mahomes. While his completion percentage has gone down, he's still they're still a winning ball club. He still figures it out, and he's athletic enough to do so. You know? So the, he's been able to overcome. But you lost one of your two weapons and lost Gronk down in Tampa Bay, and suddenly Tom Brady really begins to struggle. You took Jamar Chase out of the lineup in Cincinnati, and they got the hell beat out of them the following week. So I, I, it's easy. I, I agree with you. It's easy to say. But, man, you take a really unbelievably dynamic wide receiver out of the lineup, and that, that changes things because a lot of your offense goes through that those dynamic receivers. 877-867-1670. Find us and hit us up. 877-867-1670. Hey, don't forget uh, a, something to stuff in the stocking for Christmas. Our friends at Great Lakes Dragway reminding you if you're a car guy or girl and you want to do a little racing, a little dragging, down there at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, they have uh, gift certificates available and 2023 season passes all available right now on the website. Go to greatlakesdragaway.com. That's greatlakesdragaway.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.